Good afternoon, hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to chapter 12 of Five Go to Smuggler's Top, and chapter 12 is called Block Gets a Surprise. Ooh. <clears throat> well, are George's mother and father coming to stay there? Let's find out. Mrs Lenoir came back after a time. She smiled at George. That was your father, she said. He is coming tomorrow, but not your mother. They went to your aunt's and your mother says she thinks she must stay and help her because your aunt is not very well. But your father would like to come because he wants to discuss his latest experiments with Mr Lenoir, who is very interested in them. It will be very nice to have the, him. Well, the children would very much rather have had Aunt Fanny instead of Uncle Quentin, who could be very difficult at times. But still, he would probably be talking with Mr Lenoir most of the time, so that would be all right. They finished their game with Mrs Lenoir and went up to bed. George was to get Timmy to take him to her room. Sooty went to see that the coast was clear. He could not see Block anywhere. His stepfather was still away from the house. Sarah was singing in the kitchen and the little kitchen maid, Harriet, was knitting there in a corner. Block must be out, thought Sooty, and went to tell George that the coast was clear. As he went across the landing to the long passage that led to his own room, the boy noticed two black lumps sticking out at the bottom of the thick curtains drawn across the landing window. He looked at them in surprise and then recognised them. He grinned. So, old Block suspects we have a dog and he thinks it sleeps in George's room or Julian's and he's posted himself there to watch, he thought. Ha ha, I'll give Block a nasty shock. He ran to tell the others. George listened alarmed, but Sooty, as usual, had a plan. We'll give friend Block an awful shock, he said. I'll get a rope and we'll all go down to the landing. I'll suddenly yell out that there's a robber hiding behind the curtains and I'll pounce on Block and give him a few good punches. Then, with your help, Julian and Dick, I'll fold him up well in the curtains. A good jerk will bring them down on top of him as well. The others began to laugh. It would be fun to play a trick on Block. He really was such an unpleasant fellow. A good lesson would do him no harm. While all the excitement is beginning, I'll slip by with Timmy, said George. I only hope he won't want to join in. He might give Block a good nip. Well, hold on to Timmy firmly, said Julian. Get him into your room quickly. Now, are we ready? They were. Feeling excited, they crept down the long passage that led to the door, which opened out onto the landing where Block was hiding. They saw the curtains move very slightly as they came along. Block was watching. George waited with Timmy at the passage door, not showing herself at all. Then, with a yell from Sooty, a really 
blood-curdling yell that made both George and Timmy jump, things began to happen. Sooty flung himself on the hidden block with all his might. A robber! Help! A robber hiding here! he shouted. Block jumped and began to struggle. Sooty got in two or three well-aimed punches. Block had often got him into trouble with his father, and now Sooty was getting a bit of his own back. George and, uh, Julian and Dick rushed to help. A violent tug at the curtains brought them down on Block's head. Not only that, the curtain pole descended on him too and knocked him sideways. Poor Block, he was completely taken by surprise and could do nothing against the three determined boys. Even Anne gave a hand, although Mary Bell stood apart, enjoying the fun, though not daring to take part in it. Just as it all began, George slipped by with Timmy, but Timmy could not bear to miss the fun. He dragged behind George and would not go with her. She tried to force him, her hand on his collar, but Timmy had seen a nice fat leg waving about near him, protruding from the curtain. He pounced on it. There was an agonised yell from Block. Certainly Timmy could nip hard with his sharp white teeth. He worried at the kicking leg for a few seconds and then had a slap, sharp slap from George. Shocked, Timmy let go of the leg and humbly followed his mistress. She never slapped him. She must indeed be angry with him. With tail well down, Timmy followed her into the bedroom and got under the bed at once. He poked his head out and looked beseechingly at George with big, brown eyes. Oh, Timmy, I had to slap you, said George, and she knelt down by the big dog and patted his head. You see, you might have spoiled everything if you'd been seen. As it is, I'm sure you bit block and I don't know how we're going to explain that. Lie quietly, old fellow. I'm going out to join the others. Timmy's tail thumped softly on the floor. George ran out of the room and joined the others on the landing. Who were, they were having a fine game with Block. He was yelling and wriggling and struggling for all he was worth. He was wrapped up in the curtains like a caterpillar inside a cocoon. His head was completely covered and he could see nothing. Suddenly, Mr Lenoir appeared in the hall below with a very scared Mrs Lenoir beside him. "'What's all this?' thundered Sooty's stepfather. "'Have you gone mad? "'How dare you behave like this at this time of night? "'We've caught a robber and tied him up!' panted Sooty. Mr Lenoir ran up the stairs two at a time, amazed. He saw the kicking figure on the ground, well tied up in the heavy curtains. "'A robber? Do you mean a burglar?' Where did you find him? He was hiding behind the curtains, said Julian. We managed to get hold of him and tie him up before he could escape. Could you call the police? An anguished voice came from inside of the curtains. Let me go! I've been bitten! Let me go! Good heavens! 
You've got Block tied up there, said Mr. Lenoir, in amazement and anger. Untie him quickly. But it can't be Block. He was hiding behind those curtains at the window, protested Sooty. Do as you're told, commanded Mr. Lenoir, getting angry. Anne looked at the tip of his nose. Yes, it was turning white, as usual. The boys reluctantly undid the ropes. Block angrily parted the curtains that enfolded him and looked out, his usually blank face crimson with rage and fright. I won't stand this sort of thing, he raged. Look here at my leg, sir. I've been bitten. Only a dog could have done that. See my leg? Sure enough, there were the marks of teeth on his legs, slowly turning purple. Timmy had taken a good nip and almost gone through the skin. There's no dog here, said Mrs Lenoir, coming timidly up the stairs at last. You couldn't have been bitten by a dog, Block. Who bit him then? demanded Mr Lenoir, turning fiercely on poor Mrs Lenoir. Do you think I could have bitten him in my excitement? suddenly said Sooty, to the enormous surprise of the others, with a worried look on his face. He spoke very seriously, to their intense amusement. Oh, when I look lose my temper, I hardly know what I do. Do you think I bit him? Pa, said Mr Lenoir in disgust. Don't talk nonsense, boy. I'll have you punished if I think you go about biting people. Oh, get up, Block, you're not really hurt. My teeth do feel a bit funny now. Now I come to think of it, said Sooty, opening and shutting his mouth, as if to see if they were all right. I think I'd better go and clean them. I feel as if I've got the taste of Block's ankle in my mouth. Oh, and it isn't nice. Mr Lenoir, driven to absolute fury by Sooty's impudence, reached out swiftly to smack him across the ears. But Sooty dodged and ran back up the passage. Just going to clean my teeth, he called. And the others tried to keep from laughing. The idea of Sooty biting anyone was absurd. It was quite obvious, however, that neither Mr. nor Mrs. Lenoir guessed what had bitten Block. Go to bed, all of you, ordered Mr. Lenoir. I hope I shall not have to complain about you to your father tomorrow when he comes, or your uncle, as it may be. I don't know which of you here is children and which not. I'm surprised at you, making a nuisance of yourselves in someone else's house, tying up my servant. If he leaves, it will be your fault. The children hoped fervently that Block would leave. It would be marvellous to have the deaf, blank-faced fellow out of the house. He was on the watch for Timmy, they felt sure. He would snoop around until he got Timmy or one of them into trouble. But Block was still there the next morning. He came into the schoolroom with the breakfast. 
his face almost as blank as usual. He gave Sooty an evil look. You look out for yourself, he said in a curiously soft voice. You look out. Something's going to happen to one of you these days. Yes, and that dog too. I know you've got a dog. See, you can't deceive me. The children said nothing but looked at one another. Sooty grinned and rapped out a cheerful little tune on the table with his spoon. Dark, dire, dreadful threats, he said. You look out for yourself too, Block. Any more snooping about and you'll find yourself tied up again. Yes, and I might bite you again too. You never know. My teeth feel quite ready for it this morning. <sighs> he bared his teeth at Block, who made no reply at all, but merely looked as if he had not heard a word. The man went out and closed the door softly behind him. Nasty bit of work, isn't he? said Sooty. But George felt rather alarmed. She feared Block. There was something cold and clever and bad about those narrow eyes of his. She longed with all her heart to get Timmy out of the house. She got a terrible shock that morning. Sooty came to her looking agitated. I say, what do you think? Your father's going to have my room. I've got to sleep with Julian and Dick. Block is taking all my things from my room to theirs this very minute with Sarah. I hope we shall have a chance to get him out all right before your father comes. Oh, Sooty, said George in despair. I'll go and see if I can get him at once. She went off pretending to go to Mary Bell's room for something. But Block was still in Sooty's room. And there he stayed, cleaning it all morning. George was very worried about Timmy. He would wonder why she hadn't fetched him. He would miss his walk. She hovered about the passage all morning, getting into Sarah's way, as she carried clothes from Sooty's old room to Julian's. Block gave George some curious looks. He walked with a limp to show that his leg was bad from the bite. He left the show at the room at last, and George darted in, but Block returned almost at once, and she dashed into Mary Bell's room. <sighs> again Block left and went down the passage, and again the little girl rushed into Sooty's room. But Block was back before she could even open the cupboard. What are you doing in this room, he said roughly. I haven't cleaned it all morning to have children in here, messing it up again. Clear out of it. George went and then once more waited for Block to go. He would have to see to the luncheon soon. He went at last. George rushed to the door of Sooty's room, eager to get poor Timmy. But she couldn't open the door. It was locked, and Block had taken the key. Oh, my God.
goodness. How awful. Poor Timmy, locked in the cupboard in the secret passage. Well, tomorrow we might find out in chapter 13 whether or not um, they managed to get to Timmy before uh, George's father turns up. Oh my goodness. Well, have a great day. Whatever you're doing, have a great day. Take care and stay safe. And I will see you all again tomorrow. Same time, same place. Bye for now.